When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Cog Hill Golf and Country Club. I am so excited to partner with them once again in 2022 because they've got a lot of great stuff going on, including an entirely redesigned and renovated driving range and practice area. It's got Top Tracer. It's got, what, like 42 heated bays, individually heated, by the way. And it's even got a food truck and much, much more, such as two bars. Yeah, that's right. Go out to CogHillGolf.com today to learn a little bit more. And, of course, you already know about all their great golf courses, CogHillGolf.com. We're also pleased to continue to work with our friends at WorldwideGolfShops.com. You've heard me talk about them many times before. They've got everything you need for golf. They've got apparel, accessories, training aids, all the new equipment. They've got deals like every single day. And going out to WorldwideGolfShops.com might just help you improve your game this golf season. WorldwideGolfShops.com. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. All right, we are live and uh, trying out a new platform here in GU Studios. Uh, it's the full Golf Unfiltered team on today's episode. It's me and Nikki Dunnigan. How are you, Nikki? What's up? What's up? I am great. Thanks so much for having me back. It's um, it's been a while. It's been a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. And Nikki, for those who didn't, uh, around the time of uh, the Masters, Nikki did a fantastic podcast series called Memoirs for Magnolia Lane. Go out. It's on the regular Golf Unfiltered uh, RSS feed or the podcast. If you just go and subscribe, and I think it what it was five episodes, if I remember right. And uh, um, yeah, yeah, and. Talk to a lot of patrons who were at uh, Augusta National through the years and just some cool stories. I learned a lot from that, and that had to be a fun thing for you to do as well. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. We um, got to hear some pretty interesting stories, some, some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, some people, we couldn't share their full names because they asked us not to. <laughs> they were a little afraid of the hammer from Augusta, but right. um, that's okay. Um, it, was still, it was still really cool to get to hear those stories, so, and really cool to share them. Yeah, it was cool to listen to him. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting because you mentioned the the band hammer that might be coming from uh, Augusta for those folks. But I mean, talk about just I mean, we, we have to talk about live golf. I mean, it's everything. I lied to our listeners that I wouldn't talk about it anymore, but there's nothing else going on in golf right now. <laughs> I mean, even with the U.S. Open, we're, we're recording this on U.S. Open week, and it's like it's an afterthought at this point. I mean, it, does golf even matter? <laughs> I mean, there's just so much drama going on. I actually was cracking up listening to that episode because you're sitting there going, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm done. I'm done talking about live golf. And I'm like, yeah, right. right. I mean, <laughs> the second I was like, the second they tee off, Adam's going to have so many opinions that he's not going to be able to shut up about yeah, it. Like we're going to we're going to talk about it again. So, no, I just I knew I knew we were going to be revisiting it. But, yeah, it's um, does golf matter right now? I mean, 
maybe i don't know i mean okay yes because rory won yep, yesterday true, true. so yeah. it's you know there was a lot of heart in that it was great um what what was the the stinger oh, quote goodness. he said like oh because they said it's your 21st win and he said it's one more than someone else <laughs> which if you don't know yeah. greg norman has 20 wins mm -hmm. on the pga tour so that's that's where that little um wink and a nudge was was directed towards so yeah. salty rory is my favorite rory i think i'm i'm oh yeah all on that train right now yeah uh yeah i mean so that matters um to me i mm. think um you know I, I don't know it'd be interesting to to have tiger in the mix i know tiger's never going to comment on mm. it mm. but it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say about yeah. it yeah, I wonder what his take is behind like closed doors. I mean, that seems to be the phrase. And we'll get to Phil Mickelson's press conference in a minute because he used that phrase often behind closed doors. But, you know, Tiger, you know, he's been eerily quiet about it. He did leak out a few things about he's not going to play at the U.S. Open. This was last week or whatever. And it's kind of in the middle mm. of all this going on with Live Golf teeing off in London. And then we haven't heard much from him. And he just he's probably just focusing on you know, TGR, his stuff that he does off the course, but also getting ready for St. Andrews in, in a while. But I agree with you. I would love to just know what he's saying. Yeah, I think, I don't know. There's a part of me that's like, obviously he's been approached. Mm -hmm. Obviously they've asked him about it. And I think there's a part of me that thinks like he just doesn't care enough that he's got an, enough other stuff going on. And I don't know, maybe maybe the, the wreck woke him up enough mm -hmm. to where he cares more about like his family and building his legacy. And, you know, like, Hey, I think he announced the other day, like, I think it was the day that the live stuff was going on and all attention was on like them teeing off and then playing. And he's like, Hey guys, my putt putt course is coming out <laughs> soon. And everyone was like, tiger, not now, man. Everybody focuses somewhere else. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh. But like, but that my case in point, like, I mean, his attention is just elsewhere, you know, mm -hmm. like he, that's just so not even on, like, that's such a back burner thought for him that he doesn't, he doesn't care. Right. But then again, maybe he does. And maybe that's just part of his, his PR strategy is to just not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, I don't know. it was interesting to hear Rory, like we kind of knew Rory was going to say something about it. I, we, were, we were actually, my wife and I were going to dinner last night to meet up with some friends. And I'm like, we can't leave until I hear the post round interview from Rory, because I know he's going to say something. Mm -hmm. And he did. And he made the shot at Greg Norman, like you pointed out. And I mean, have we gotten to the point where... It's just going to be mudslinging back and forth between these two tours. I mean, is that what golf is now? I mean, somebody somebody posted a meme. I forget which account it was, and I wish I could remember so I could credit them. But uh, somebody posted a meme I saw the other day that was like, you know, the U.S. Cup or the, the mm. Ryder Cup and then like the President's Cup. And it was like the PGA Tour live toy, like Royal Rumble, like, you know, how amazing that would be like comparing those three things together. But, right. um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like that's what it's come to. Like, that's what we're all going to want, you know, because half the guys now who were so great and who made the Ryder Cup team so great, they can't play for the Ryder Cup anymore, right. you know, on either side. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, can Sergio have, I know they've said that, that DJ and, 
you know, the Americans can't play, but like can Sergio and Ian Poulter, have they been kicked off the European team? No idea. Have they said? That's a good, that's a good point. I don't know. Like it, that's maybe that's like another th- layer to this whole thing where there's so much inconsistency right now. Cause I don't, I'm not sure anyone knows what the hell to do with all this. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it, it bugged me that the USGA was like, I mean, they're already registered, so we're going to let them play. And then like 10 minutes after that announcement, then, then Patrick Reed and Bryson were like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So just now that we know that we can play in the U S open, we're heading out. Like, I mean, it was not even seconds after like the pin, the, the pin Mm -hmm. was dry, you know, that they were like, okay, yeah, we can play in this. Cool. But it's like, it's, it almost makes me wonder, are there others who are waiting on St. Andrews and Augusta Mm -hmm. to say something before Mm -hmm. they finally like commit to further Mm -hmm. tournaments? So I don't know. I bet there is. And we're going to see names that probably we didn't expect to see. I mean, there's, there's been the ones that have always been rumored and most of them have come true now, but, um, is there a name besides Tiger that if that I was person... just about to ask you that too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, is it is there a name that would surprise us at this point? I mean, I would think like JT or Brooks, but even Brooks Obviously, has got his brother. I mean, yeah, Brooks is doing some like next level trolling on Twitter <laughs> last weekend when me. he posted yeah. like the the yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Um, but I think that's just, that's just, I, that, I don't know. I, that was my, to me, I read that as like, guys, I'm obviously not going anywhere. Let me just be an internet troll to be an internet troll. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think he likes his sponsorship deals a little bit too much to risk that. But then again, his brother is over there. So maybe it's like, maybe he gets some of his brother's money. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, who knows? But I, <laughs> Obviously, Rory, Rory has said too much and been too vocal mm-hmm. about it to go. So it would it would gobsmack me mm. if Rory ever left because it's I mean, it would be hypocrisy at its finest mm. if he did. So I, so I don't think he ever would. But like like a Jordan Spieth would surprise me God, because such a to me, he still has that like. I mean, yes, he is. <laughs> um, but it, to me, he Jordan is one of those, like, I don't know. He's, he still seems to have that, like, the darling of the PGA Tour kind mm. of, like, vibe to him. Like, despite the fact that he just can't hold on to a winning streak for very long. Right. I don't know. Him, like a Max Homa would probably be another one that would shock me. Um, yeah. I mean, that's... I don't know. Those are two yeah there's there's some yeah i mean those are i agree with all those it you know and you bring up the point of people who had been outspoken before against it and we saw i mean dj said that he was against yeah it. that's true and then he did and it's I like forgot all right, all that. well i mean now it's a matter of all right what's your character i mean do we believe anything you say but you know i'm with you it, i would not to be dramatic but if rory jumped i don't know if i would watch golf anymore Um, yeah, that's a, that's a big statement. Like, 
Yeah. Well, okay. Wouldn't watch golf or wouldn't watch, like, would you watch the live tour or you wouldn't watch any sort of golf at all? Because I don't, I don't think I want to be part. How how can I make this more dramatic than it needs to be? (laughs) I I don't think (laughs) I want any of the, I feel dirty watching it now. I mean, because like if Lori, like you said, if Rory goes back on his word and completely does a 180 and we both agree that he's not going to do that but if he did it's like what is real anymore like i can't i can't (laughs) with these people yeah but okay i i love rory Mm -hmm. but he makes enough money from the pga tour and all of the pga tours affiliates like NBC and then Rory has his own app that is sponsored by NBC and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that he doesn't need that like sign on bonus from the, the live laugh, love tour. Like he doesn't, he doesn't need it because he already has this excess of like, I'm Rory McElroy money coming in from mm-hmm. the tour that some of the other guys probably did need. Um, I mean, Dustin Johnson, even in the like equipment commercials that he was in, mm-hmm. they didn't even give him any lines. Like he just thumbs up. <laughs> like they just shot to him and he just holds his thumbs up. You did like, good, Dustin. That that to me just get <laughs> yeah. That's all he does is just hold his thumbs up. <laughs> like they don't give him any words to say. I don't even think they showed him hitting the ball. No. They just <laughs> shot to him in the golf cart, and he does this and gives a thumbs up, and then that's that's all you see of DJ. No. Like so to me, <laughs> it's like it almost after kind of putting it all together, it's like okay, I kind of see it now a little bit. Plus, he's been very vocal about wanting to retire early anyway. So, sure. you know what? Fine. Go take your money. Retire early. You know, whatever. Yeah. But it, uh, I don't think Rory needs it or is ever going to. No, I think you're right. And I think um, we're going to see more more names come out, undoubtedly. Uh, big boy Bryson's going, obviously, and I don't think anyone cares about that. And we kind of saw that coming long time ago, as well as Patrick Reed. Um, you know, we both agree that Justine's going to have a hell of a time tweeting about live golf, uh, and uh, with the shotgun start and all that. So we're going to have to see. I mean, this could be an evolution of used golf facts, and I'm excited for that because I always like to see growth within a Twitter account. <laughs> Do they allow women to tweet in Saudi Arabia? Like, Good is point. that, um, although I, I don't know if they, it, we haven't proven that it's her. I think they've also said that it could be the father-in-law. So that could be the saving grace to that account <laughs> is sure. that it's technically assigned to the, the father-in-law. Yeah. It's good. You know, many mysteries will be solved, I think in the coming <laughs> weeks and, um, you know, one mystery that remains is Phil Mickelson's beard, and uh, he had his press conference today. And I know you had the chance to watch a little bit of it. I was able to watch the whole thing uh, during lunch, and I just, you know, okay, I'll just say off the bat, and I sent this tweet out a little bit ago. Um, 
the whole 9-11 angle that I know that the, and I don't want to be like insensitive here. And obviously I understand the connection as I put in the tweet, but now Phil Mickelson has to answer questions about 9-11 and I'm sitting here and I'm like, are we still talking about golf? Like what is, what is happening here? Uh, What's your take on that whole thing? Okay. Personally, I think I have to tread carefully here because I don't want to like, I don't want to phrase this the wrong way. Sure. Um, yes, we are still talking about golf, but we 100% have to ask that question though. Mm, like fair. you can't not ask that question because I mean, the, the fiance of the journalist who was killed has literally come forward and said, Hey, I don't think that these players who have chosen mm. to play on this tour should be allowed back to the PGA tour. She's taking a stance and saying, look, they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They know what is happening over here in this country. They know the, who is backing this tour. They know who are, who is writing their paychecks and they still said yes. Mm -hmm. Therefore, as, as a journalist sitting in that room today at the U S open press conference, looking at Phil in the face, you have to ask that question. Mm -hmm. You can't avoid it. You have to say, look, like, you know what you're going into. You know exactly what you signed up for. Why did you do it? Mm -hmm. Do you think that that's insensitive? What do you have to say to those families? What do you have to say to the fiance of that journalist who was murdered? Mm -hmm. Like, and I know that part of the question wasn't phrased that way, but still, you know, sure. I, I think that's like an extremely important question that has to be asked. I think, I think it would have been very lazy journalism to be honest if they mm. had just gone in and been like so phil what's your approach you know do you think you're finally gonna get that u.s open win that you've avoided for so long like right, right. it would have been it it would have been lazy journalism for them to have avoided it um or or it would have come across as like these are the list of questions that phil has approved mm. to be asked today like that's what it would have come across as so i'm glad that they actually asked the question mm -hmm. um and no, at the, in that particular moment, we weren't talking about golf, but they have made it to where this is now bigger than golf. And that's right. not golf's fault. That's, that's their fault. I mean, they knew what they were doing. Is that, uh, and that's well said. And is that what people who raise the, the BS counter arguments of, well, I guess you don't use gasoline or do you remember the United States human rights record back in the 1700s or whatever the hell they say, or even much uh, more recent than that. Is that the point that people who make those arguments don't understand? Like, is that what they're missing? That there is so much of a direct connection to live golf from a government that it's you mm. can, like, to your point, you have to ask the questions. Yes. Yeah, I think so. And I think like, like, for example, if the PGA tour was like, if the president of the United States was the one writing the paychecks right. and personally delivering them to Jay and saying, here you go, give this to the winner of your tournament, give this to Rory, give this to, you know, whoever, um, it would be a little bit different. You mm. know, we could be a little bit more angry about some things like that, but that's not what's happening. Mm. Um, it's, it's a little bit different over there. Like the leader of their country is the one saying, 
here is my money. Use this to fund your tournaments. Use this to pay your players. And it's like, it is his personal checkbook mm-hmm. paying these people. And they know it. And it's not like, I, I don't know, that that to me is the difference, is the dividing kind of line between the two. And it's not to say, it's not to say that there's not problems in America. Sure. There 100% are. But, and it's not to say there's not problems with the tour and how the tour handles politics and, and things as well. There definitely are. You wrote a really great article about, about that and how we handle kind of, you know, facing when there's political issues and how does the tour handle that and how do we respond in political moments and, and things. And like, we definitely have those issues, but this is a little bit different. It's the direct ties to that shady government. Yeah. And it's on, it's, um, unavoidable. And I think, uh, what I've noticed in watching any of the press conferences, including Phil, and I'll get back to him specifically here in a second, is that they are very well rehearsed. Um, they've got a script. They've got the speaking points that they're going to say. And it gets down to the point where they all almost say the same thing. Um, and in one instance, it's to your point, they had to know this was coming. They clearly, in continuing with it, don't care or don't care enough, or they care so little that the money just means everything. And and obviously, we all want someone to just go up there and say, yeah, I'm in it for the money. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get that. But it would be awfully nice, not even nice, it would be a moment of clarity and honesty that we hadn't seen from these people yet. If they were just to say, yeah, I'm making a lot, I'm making a shit ton of money right now. Yeah, I would, like... I, I would give a little bit more respect back to somebody if they were w- walked up there and they were like, like if DJ walked up there and he was like, look, I want to retire at 42. I want to mm-hmm. be done. Paulina's expensive. That wedding cost a crap ton of money. Like, you know, and he, if that's what he said in his presser and I'd be like, fair. Okay, cool. Like mm-hmm. I would give a little bit more respect back for that, but that's not what any of them are saying. And it, it's like you said, it's like they're, they're rehearsed. And, you know, I think in some of the questions that they got asked last week, there were some, some people throwing out questions about like, about Vladimir Putin and things. And several of them said, we're not allowed to talk about him. And it Mm -hmm. was the, 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 the way that all of them said the exact same thing. We're not allowed to talk about him, not, you know, I don't want to talk about that. Not, you know, next question, please. Not how's that relevant. We're not allowed to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not on our sheet right here that we were given of our talking points. Can you ask us another question? And that right. kind of was the same vibe of like Phil's presser today of like, hey, I was only trained on how to answer one question at a time. And you're giving me questions that are like two parters. And I- I'm not prepared for that. So I need you to only ask one parter questions because I'm not mm-hmm. trained on that. And I, I only have my sheet here how to answer one part questions, which is not like Phil. Phil has right. always been able to like answer questions and, and his pressers normally go really well. He comes mm-hmm. away from them very charismatic, but I, I don't know. It was not like him. No, it wasn't. It it looked like a different person, which is kind of to get back to Phil specifically. 
he looks like, and, and you know, all the jokes aside, obviously there's the comparing where he's like evil Phil now with the facial hair and he's got the dark clothing and all that. <laughs> and he's got no logos anymore except for him uh, or his logo. But he went into and some... And the Augusta one that he and wore the Augusta one, on Thursday. Right? That's true. And the one that he, he mm-hmm. uh, it looked like he blackened out with a marker or something, which I think was a shot to uh, Fred Ridley and, and Augusta. But Phil went into some level of detail, although very guarded, about his development and his searching for meaning or something because he went into, okay, yeah, I've got a problem with gambling. And he said it very, very quickly. Um, but he, when he was asked, what have you been working on for yourself? He's like, well, I want to be a better person. I want to you know, spend more time with my family. Having said all of that, do you feel that is Phil in a good place right now, just personally? Um, I feel like you could just look at him and tell that he's not like, I don't know. I, I no, just, right, just right. from hearing him and just looking at him and I just don't think so. No. I mean, if you're going by the way he's playing as well, no. I mean, he did not play well last week either. I mean, he finished what plus plus ten maybe. I don't yeah, know. I have to go back and look that up. Well but right. I don't know. That's not to say that you can't be. Because sometimes when you're working on yourself and you're trying to improve, like character development, you do have to, you know, go through some valleys in order to uh, come out on the other side. And you know, like therapy is hard. You have to unload all your trauma first and. So I get it that you sometimes aren't doing well when you're on the road to getting better. So that's not to discredit him. He might Mm -hmm. actually be trying to get better. He might be in that phase right now where it's like, it's really hard. Um, So maybe that's what's happening. But just from a pure like perspective standpoint, you know, from the audience point of view, it just doesn't look like he's doing well. Yeah, I agree with you completely. And uh, it's it's sad because I asked the question because I truly was a fan and maybe still am a fan of Phil. Um, I always enjoyed the the competition and the the rivalry between him and Tiger. I thought it was good for the game. I thought that was good for golf. And now it's like he's gone so far to the other side for whatever reasons that he has made peace with in his mind, or at least he thinks are good reasons. And it's so beyond anything that, and and you know this, anything that I stand for, I know it's anything that you stand for. And it's just this matter of, this is not the same legend that we have watched for decades. And so it's just a, it's a surreal moment in professional golf with him specifically that at least in my opinion, it's hard to sit back and watch him in this way. I mean, I, I don't know if you feel similar. Yeah, it's, um, well, I don't know that I actually feel similar because I was of the, like, I was hugely in the Tiger Woods fan club my whole life. And so when it was like the him and Phil rivalry, I was, I jumped on the, like, Phil hate club <laughs> pretty early, <laughs> but I was a kid though. It, so it was, right. you know, it was one of those, I, I just saw, oh, this guy is Tiger's rival. So I have to dislike him. I And it was it was only from that kind of standpoint. It was never from like, 
I don't like him as a person. It was just like, mm. I have to root against him on the golf course. And so I think I've always in every tournament kind of been like, you know, a little bit rooting against him. And I think the only time I have ever actively rooted for him was the PGA last mm. year where it was like one, because Tiger wasn't playing and two, you know, it's like, okay, like he's finally made it. He's finally out there. And then I kind of felt like jipped in all this. Cause it was like the, I finally, after all these years was like, I'm going to root for Phil. And then right after that tournament, he just like, I'm like, are you kidding me, man? I finally went all in on you. And you just like hightailed around the other direction. So like, right. So yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it right now. I'm like, come on, man. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I'm like you, it just is not, it's not giving me feel good vibes, but I think a lot of people are feeling that way. I mean, <laughs> Fred couples has gone on a couple of different Twitter rants. Um, I say rants. He's posted a couple of things on Twitter about um, with some subtle undertones about like jabs towards Phil jabs towards live tour um, jabs about how the PGA tour is better. And, you know, they were relatively close, you know, and it, mm. I don't know, it makes me wonder how, like, what, it, what are some of those people who work close to him before think about all this? Yeah, it's going to be interesting how this continues to play out. I mean, especially with names like Fred Couples and some of the other uh, legends of yesteryear, if you want to say. Um, but, you know, amid all of this, there's a golf tournament that's going to be played. Another major is here. And I know it's almost weird to think, wow, we can do our picks for the U.S. Open. But maybe a, a different way to look at it, is there... And I'll admit, I saw this thread on Twitter, which made me think about bringing it onto this show. Is there someone who wins the U.S. Open that would be the most surprising for everything, all the context? I mean, Phil winning would be mind-blowing, right? Yep. Finally getting that, because it's it's the U.S. Open that he's he's missing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, finally getting that U.S. Open in the midst of all of this would literally break the sport of golf. I think, I mean, it would, I think Greg Norman would ascend into the heavens. Like he would have a heart attack and we would never see him again. And like, <laughs> it would, oh, um, it, I, I honestly, that I, I can't fathom that happening, but you know, I think from the, from the tour side, obviously last week, Rory winning was what, that tour needed more than anything. Right. But I think they're hoping that like a Rory, a JT, a, you know, a Jordan Spieth, a Scotty Scheffler, you know, one of the, the tour darlings, you know, a Max Homa, somebody who has a big loyal following from the tour wins to mm -hmm. help drive it home of like, you know, the give it heart to the story, you know, like, that's what the the tour needs from all of this. Um, the best thing that could happen would be somebody who literally qualified like last Monday, come in and just mm -hmm. win it all and be like, whoops, like that would be, you know, the best thing that could happen. So uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't I even know that, that I could make a pick at this point. 
totally couldn't either. And I, you know, I've got my favorites. I've got the, the golfers I follow and I totally agree. I mean, if, if a Monday qualifier or a sectional qualifier were to come on and be like, look, that's a great story. You know, maybe that would be from a, uh, golf transcends all this drama angle. You know, the, the Cinderella story lives on type thing. I think that would be a, a wonderful aside and maybe a distraction even from everything that's going on but i'm i'm excited to see how this plays out i know that we're going to be chatting about it uh as soon as the tournament along with our group of friends talking about everything that's happening and uh we'll you know we'll we'll talk more about it i think we'll have you back on to um to talk more post the major but i want it because i see that we're up against the clock i want to get to an extremely important topic and i know it's one near and dear to both of our hearts and it's mm. Top Gun. <laughs> and Oh my god. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Um Yes. So for okay, so real let me set the stage. So you and I love Top Gun. Um yep. Top Gun Maverick, you and I also both love Miles Teller. For different reasons. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um what's your what is your a high-level review of Top Gun Maverick. Go. <laughs> like, in one word? Are we talking like... What you, you know, so you saw it, and mm. is this a, one of those movies that you can go back to the movie theater and see it over and over again? I, okay, I feel like I should preface by saying I, I feel like I need to go back to the movie theater and see it again because when I saw it, I was not entirely sober. <laughs> um, <laughs> we we had come straight from uh, we had been at a brewery all day um, <laughs> and celebrating mine and a friend of mine's birthday, mm. and um, so we had been at a brewery all day. And it was one of those situations where we realized, like, oh, well, we still have a sitter. We have the evening. Let's let's go see Top Gun. And so we went to see the movie. And so I wasn't like. I wasn't entirely sober yet, but that's not to say like I wasn't totally out of it. I enjoyed the movie. It was a Good. wonderful movie, but I feel like I need to see it again, like with all of my, my bearings. Mm. Um, but that being said, because I wasn't entirely sober, I feel like the, if you've been on social media at all, including TikTok, you know exactly what scene I'm about to talk about. Mm. The rugby scene on the mm -hmm. beach um, which is a direct parallel to the volleyball scene in the first movie, yep. um, was like, it, it was next level because of just a little bit more alcohol I had in my system. Um, mm. so, so yeah, um, <laughs> it, uh, maybe in like the third one, they'll do like a version where they're all playing like shirtless golf in jeans like under the sprinklers or something right, like right. Put, put on the green or something like that that'd be I, great i'm behind it um uh shirtless Tom is like out there with yeah. his walker like <laughs> you know yeah shuffleboard makes more sense yeah because tom cruise would <laughs> although i don't know like uh, tom cruise looked pretty amazing for he's what 62 yeah i don't know i is i left that really? movie and i was like Scientology, maybe I should look into this a little bit. Like, he looked, <laughs> he looked pretty good for 62. <laughs> I just, 
Scientology, good for your health, and it's great for your complexion when you're starring in a blockbuster movie. So, Top Gun Maverick, my takeaway from it, so I had watched the original, I had seen the original many times prior, but I had watched it the night before just to kind of get myself ready for what I was about to experience, and it's funny because you don't know who they're fighting. My wife jokingly said, um, the enemy, and that's that's all right, it was. Right. <laughs> um, the bad guy. The bad guy. Uh and I noticed that the second one, at least in my opinion, was monumentally better than the first. I can't think of many sequels that could say the same. Shrek 2. Uh, well, okay, fair enough. <laughs> that, you had that I on mean, tip that, of your tongue, too. Yeah, like, don't... Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> un, undeniable. Come on, like, if you You're like, ask, ask anyone what... Is there any movie where the sequel is better than the first Shrek 2? Period. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I okay. Uh, but down. I will give you. The, 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 it, is, it, was, it was a lot better than the first one. And not in a sense that like the first one was bad. I think um, a, a friend of ours had never seen Top Gun. And he was kind of like live tweeting it the other night. And he got to the end and he was like, like put a gun to my head. I still have no idea what the plot of this movie is other than like, it's about airplanes. Mm -hmm. And like, I kind of agree with him because it takes a couple times of you watching it to, to understand what's actually happening other than like, like in between the fast flying scenes um, Mm -hmm. and the volleyball on the beach. Um, So like just that first time you're watching it, you're just like airplanes. But the technology has obviously advanced so much quicker and there was so much more like, I don't know, there was so much more depth to the Mm. story about like and to the character development as well. That was just overall really great. I cried three times. (laughs) Again, that might have been due to alcohol, but I don't know. (laughs) It was really great. I loved it. Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed it. I didn't cry, but I definitely got the nostalgia feeling, especially when you uh, and spoiler alert, we won't go into too many spoilers here if you hadn't seen it yet. But uh, when, you know, opening credits, you, you, the music hits, it's the same music. Um, the thing that I found really weird is that Meg Ryan's character wasn't in it. And the only thing that they said was, oh, yeah, she died. And I'm like, wait, she would have been like 45. Like, I don't <laughs> like what happened? Yeah, I don't know if it was, I don't know if I remember them mentioning that she didn't want to be in it or that she had a conflict with another role, but I think that was just the easiest way of them, because how else would they have explained, like, like, where's the mom? Like, so they had to have kind of just done that. It was almost like a throwaway line, though. Like, if you weren't Mm -hmm. paying attention, you would have just missed that piece. So I think they had to just kind of just toss that in so that you weren't questioning like is she gonna show up at some point because i know i was the whole time i'm like where is she she's gotta show she's gotta be here at some point but then they they just kind of toss that in there a little bit but i don't know i mean i thought i thought it was great i it was it was good enough that it distracted me from tom cruise's middle tooth um, oh my god the whole time so so i didn't even i didn't even notice his center tooth so it's funny too because um my wife said the same thing and when did you do the same thing where you look through like Google old pictures of Tom Cruise before he got his teeth fixed? It's, it's shocking what he looked like. I didn't even know that he got his teeth fixed. I just yeah. know that like 
Did, does he still have the center tooth or not? He does. He does. Oh, yeah. It's right there in the middle. Oh, okay. Okay. Then to me, they're not fixed because <laughs> the center tooth is, it's very distracting in the, <laughs> it's very distracting in the first movie. Like it's, it's hard to look away from. It's like every scene, it doesn't matter where you pause it. It's just like, there it is, the center tooth. But I didn't notice it in this one. That's how good the story is. You just don't even... Don't even care yeah, about a center tooth or a, Scientology. You just, it's just an look right past it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is just great filmmaking, and um, I'm excited. I want to go see it again. I saw it in IMAX, and I, I need to see it one more time, I think, in the theater. And I think I'll do that after the U.S. Open, which concludes this week. Nikki, as always, it's such a joy to have you on the team and to talk about this stuff. And I'm sure that we'll talk again. And I'm sure you're you're welcome to come on whenever. I'll give you the keys to this again if you want. You did such a great job uh, before. So thanks again <laughs> for coming. Probably, on. That's probably a terrible idea, but <laughs> but sure, I will gladly I will gladly join. And yeah, there's nothing more American than going to see Top Gun again after the U.S. Open. So yeah, sounds like a good idea. <laughs> 